It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. It's Thursday again, tell everybody to lock in Grab some popcorn, a drink, and go and throw your AirPods in It's a one-hour show, constantly speaking facts Bulletproof stats are always shooting from Matt And when it comes to Kyle, you getting numbers and style Jake is gonna educate you, he has that knowledge on fire Players, step your game up, don't be sluggish or lazy Or Jimmy J might hit you with a shaky baby Catch him on YouTube or any podcast platform Breaking all the news down like Shaq does the backboards No hot takes, this is where the hottest debate's at Now kick your feet up, cause it's time for Straight Facts What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. It's been a little bit of a hiatus, y'all. We're sorry for the wait. We're sorry for the hiatus, but we are back. And boy, it could not be at a better time. It's your boy, Jimmy J, with my guys, Jake Galley and Stat Matt Robinson. A great guest, as y'all can see, in that bottom right panel. But before we get to our distinguished guests, I got to say what's up to my guys, because it's been a little bit. Jake and Matt, how we living, man? I, I haven't seen y'all since the Super Bowl uh, loss. So how, how are y'all doing, man? I was just about to say... Making the script today, like deleting all of our old takes about how we thought the game was going to go, was just like picking the shrapnel out. Oh, brutal. That's tough. You came fully fillied out too, so I, you know what I mean? You're going to ride till you die, for sure. It's been enough time, but it stunk. Like my friend was in town who couldn't go to the parade five years ago because he had like a back thing, Mm -hmm. and he was hoping to go, and like he came and didn't work out, but... Stat Matt is, is hurting, but let's let us not forget Stat Matt did actually pick the oh, Chiefs. He picked the Chiefs. I, I guess yeah, the, 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 that gives me no solace. No, I know. I mean, spent 50 minutes talking up the Eagles room to be like, yeah, Chiefs got this. Dropped like, the absolute hammer. But the boys are back, and we got a big guest uh, right now. My guy, Josh Reynolds from SB Nation, a writer for Liberty Ballers, and also hosts his own podcast. That's Ball, folks. So my guy, 
Josh Reynolds. Josh, man, thank you for joining Straight Facts, bro. We're happy to have you on. Appreciate it. Of, of course, man. James, Jake, Matt, honor, for real. Anytime I get a chat, uh, Sixers Hoop is a good day, but to do it with guys like yourselves is even better. Appreciate uh, of it. Co- of course, of course. And, and before we, we move on, man, plug yourself, because I'll give you a chance to do it now and at the end, but like, tell everybody you know, where you are, what you do. Build that credibility for our fans now, man. Show them that you're the real deal, Josh, where you be at. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, uh, do some writing for Liberty Ballers. My podcast, That's Ball Folks, uh, is under the SB Nation umbrella, which is cool. Um, it's available wherever podcasts are. Got some cool guests. Uh, just had Kevin Nagandi, uh, Sports Center guy. Uh, Shout out for Hometown guy for us, too. Absolutely. And then uh, exciting guest coming up uh, Monday, Sharif Abdul Rahim. Uh, wow. Oh, you're throwing Very it nice. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so we, check it out. Of course, all of our listeners, man, those are two episodes, especially for our listeners, that you're going to want to uh, to check out. Speaking of being under our bellies and over the platforms, this is also brought to you by the Up On Game Presents Network. Make sure you're going to them wherever you get your podcast too. you know, before or after you head, you know, to that ball folks over there. You know what I mean? Let's, let's, let's get both of them. But Josh, ex- exactly. I mean, we, we can multitask here. But Josh, you, you said it, man. You brought it up. Anytime you get a chance to talk six or soups, you'll do it. And I don't think that there's a better time for us to have this podcast with Sixers fans than right now. Peel back the curtain to our fans. We actually were supposed to record last night and the basketball gods for whatever made sure that we couldn't. So if B could have that performance and we would have that to talk about, because imagine if we were finishing the court and we turn on the TV and he does that. Yeah. How mad would we be if, if we just missed that? So thank you, basketball gods. You blessed us. <laughs> so Josh, I, I will, I will kick it to you first before I kick it to my sidekicks. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty safe to say that Joel Embiid is the front runner, should be the favorite for MVP. But just two weeks ago, if that, maybe maybe a week and a half ago, it seemed that Nikola Jokic was going to run away with this award. Like, have you have you seen the narrative shift? And if you have, like, have you ever seen a narrative shift like this quickly, like like this rapidly down the stretch to go get the MVP? Yeah, you nailed it. It's it's kind of been bizarre, obviously, selfishly, as all of us are Sixers fans. It's been awesome to see it shift so quickly. Um, the only thing I can think of is two years ago uh, when Embiid got hurt in that game against the Wizards. It was like the narrative. I, I, I feel like maybe I had my Homer hat on, but felt like Embiid was the, the runaway favorite for MVP. Then he goes down with his knee. Uh, thank goodness it wasn't as bad as we thought, but still he goes down and then it just kind of the narrative shifted to we, we need somebody who's available. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, the narrative has been, I, I've been very outspoken about it. If you follow, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm yeah. sure you've seen um, that I, it, what's bugged me the most, uh, again, I'm not bashing Jokic. I, I think he's fantastic. He is fantastic. I don't we got a guy for any... that. We got a guy who's going to bash him. It's okay. Uh, we got a good. Guy we need it. <laughs> Look, he is it's deserving of the war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's deserving of the praise. I don't think anybody can argue that. However, the thing that's bugged me most is that the goalpost does move for MVP voting. It absolutely does. I don't think there's any arguing that. Now, that's not. I'm not getting into any J.J. Reddick, Kendrick Perkins stuff. I, ha- I think it has absolutely nothing to do with that. I think what it has to do with is the straight-up narrative just changing year after year. You look mm-hmm. at when Giannis, to touch on this, won it two years in a row, and they went to make it three. The whole narrative was, well, hold on. We don't want to put this guy in the same category as these legends. 
who hasn't proven anything in the playoffs. That was a real narrative from real voters. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, Jokic, up until last night, Jokic is doing the same thing. Yeah, he's, he's made it a little bit further in the bubble. That's great. But th- where's that narrative? Like, nobody's talking about that. So that's been my biggest beef. And so to see Embiid actually make the jump, and it was pretty wild to track the betting odds literally change quarter by quarter during the game mm-hmm. last night. Um, and then the game ends. It's like, holy cow, he's really the favorite. It's unbelievable. But I, I love it, man. Finally, finally. The dude is deserving. And I think he's finally, finally getting his flowers. Yes, of course, it has a little bit to do with Jokic losing some games, going on a little bit of a skid. That's I, I, for sure. But that's part of it. I mean, that's the season. We're late in the season. You got to win games. I've seen the, the rug get pulled out so many times that your optimism is worrying me. <laughs> like, like look, and I still show like close-ish to 50-50. Like, if Embiid has a clunker on national television, yeah, like it could change. Everyone's the the ESPN week will just be, oh, they lost to the Celtics. They can't beat the Celtics, so he can't be, be the MVP. If he, let's just like, and it'll, it'll like I'm I I'm worried about maybe Embiid is just being so dominant that he won't have that bad game. But uh, that's almost an impossible task. That's just yeah. my worry. Well, in, in a matter of a week, the, the betting odds for Jokic went from <clears throat> minus 330 to plus 160. So when you talk about like a rapid change, I'm talking about a rapid change. And if you guys like listen to – if I don't know which broadcast you guys were watching uh, last night, but I was watching the national broadcast, and Doris Berg, DB to go, kind of – she explained it as a Usain Bolt sprint to the finish line. And I was like, that's probably the best analogy I've heard. It is a literally a – like – and B kicked it in in the last 100 meters and mm-hmm. realized, like, if I go crazy in this stretch, I can go win this MVP award. And I think, like, I think it's very present in his mind. Like, I think he's he's absolutely doing that. So, like, it's 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 just it's cool to see he's a, he's a monster and and more than deserving of the MVP, might be making a case for like best player in the NBA right now. Um, yeah. And that, that may be biased too because we hear all the the Philly media market stuff, but I, I think. On a night-to-night basis, like, this guy is just just straight dominance every time he hits the floor. And I think it's interesting because it is very, when you say, like, best player on the planet, it's a make-or-miss league. So it's very subjective year-to-year that could change. And I think for that reason, a lot of logical people, and that's the bias of me talking, this year see the award as, like, a chance to give Embiid his flowers. I think Marcus, Marcus Cousins said as much, you know, it's what makes it tough is that this on paper is Jokic's strongest case that he really has had in the past couple of years. The team is the number one seed out in the West. He's averaging a triple-double, incredibly efficient. Like, it's a shame that the way this is matriculated, like, we kind of have to rip things away from or feel like we have to rip things away from Nikola Jokic. But the reality of the matter is, um, I think there's a lot of groupthink that goes on in this award voting so that, hey, if all my colleagues think that it's this guy and I don't, uh, you know, if we're sitting in the office and chatting about it, I'm not going to have anyone to back me up. I would assume you usually tend to fall into groupthink, but oh, we'll see. As Matt said, I'm very guarded to get my hopes up. But the, regardless of what happens in this last game between the Sixers and the Nuggets coming up at the end of March, I was just about to say that they you know, still for, need to play each other for forever and always. There will be. The national TV game they played last time where Joel dropped 47 on the back-to-back yep. MVP. That will always be out there. So yeah. I can I can sleep easy knowing that. Yeah, yeah. But, but but I do – you won't sleep easy if he 
doesn't throw up a good game against the Nuggets, and then Matt is right and the rug gets swept out. Like I, I do think while Embiid is the favorite, there's there's not a whole lot of margin for error from him. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GamePresents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GamePresents. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. And I think the smart money I would be to bet Jokic if I were giving yeah. betting advice. Like, 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 I, I, re- I truly think I wouldn't even doubt that, Matt, because. Every national TV game, Embiid's got to show up like that. He's got to show up dominant and remind the, the country every single time that that's what he's capable of. And if he doesn't get that that head-to-head matchup against Jokic, I'm afraid of what this narrative could flip and, and how it could. Um, yep. Because it's, it's, it's something that's good. Like, Josh, do you see that? Do you see if this is how much margin for error Embiid still has for this award? Yeah, you guys nailed it. If you remember last year's race, which I know you do, it almost felt like it came down to that head-to-head matchup in Philly mm-hmm. when Jokic and Beat still played great. I would argue he played better than Jokic, but the Nuggets won and Jokic still played great. And it almost seemed like that was the tipping point. So exactly to your point, Matt, definitely don't feel comfortable. I'm happy where he stands now. But at the same time, you saw how quickly the betting odds changed. I mean, that easily could quickly change the other way. Um, so you're right. It almost is like that game is circled. I'm sure on voters' calendars it's circled. Um, and like you said, James, like they they got to show up. They got to show up. That mm-hmm. that Nuggets game is gonna be huge. 
So I, I, are you right for Liberty Ballers? So I know you, you track this team heavily. You track and beat heavily as a writer. I know you got to look at things in a, in a different lens than us podcasters and us kind of, you know, speakers have to. You have to paint it in a certain way. Do you think that this was an award that Embiid wanted all season? Or do you think there was something that kicked in in the latter part of the season, late down the stretch, where he was like, you know what? Fuck it in a sense. I'm, go- I'm going to get this award. Like, I'm-, I'm tired of all this. There's no way he's going to get three-time MVP. I'm going to get it. Or is this from onset from the beginning of the season he wants to go get it? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I think it, the easy answer is that he's wanted it all season. But if you look at his numbers, like especially in the last little bit, He's definitely taking it up a notch. He's, of course, giving his politically correct answers after the game where he's like, I don't want MVP. I'm just focusing on wins. Great answer. His PR team, I'm sure, is pumped. But he, (laughs) yeah, he absolutely wants the MVP. And he had another postgame quote last night, which I absolutely loved, almost throwing a little shade at Giannis, who I know we'll talk about. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Yeah, where he said, like, his sixth foul, look, probably was a foul. Yes, Mobley flopped. I can't believe they overturned it. But talking about that, he says, I didn't extend my arm. There's some guys in the league who play basketball like they're running back yeah. and bulldoze people. And then you see the clip of Giannis and, and Torrey Craig. And it's like, okay, I know who he's talking about. Mm-hmm. But he absolutely wants MVP. I think he's wanted it uh, the, clearly the last three years. He's wanted it all season. I just think he's found a perfect rhythm with James Harden, like absolutely perfect rhythm. I think he is scoring the easiest buckets of his career. Their little pick and roll where he gets that mid-range jumper is lights out every it's, single uh- time. About time, about yeah. time. And I and I know this is their first full season together and things take time to matriculate and beat Mr. Beginning of the season. I get all of that. But it, it to me, it took too long for them to show that they're the best pick and roll yeah. duo in the NBA. The minute the Sixers got James Harden, I'm like, that's, that's all you should do every time you come down the floor. They will yep. be the best pick and roll duo in the league by far and are finally getting to it. Sorry to cut you off, Josh, but I'm, I'm no. just like, it's a revelation that I just finally had. Yep, you're exactly right. And I know we'll talk about Harden in a little bit, but isn't it awesome to see Harden get back to James Harden? Like, mm-hmm. we, all of us Sixers fans, I think the whole league, just fans of basketball, seeing him last year, we're like, did he lose it? Like, we, yeah. we know he's got a hamstring, but, like, this is not James Harden. Maybe he just lost it. Maybe he lost a step. And to see what he's done this year, shoot career high from three, lead the league in assists per game, it's like, it's unbelievable. And – I think the thing I like the most, and by the way, James, going back to your point, which as a Chris Paul fan, I I think you may have experienced once or twice. It's an uphill battle working on the court when you're dealing with the lineups that you're dealing with and there's not a ton of cohesion and there's some guys on the bench who probably should be starting. You you could go down the laundry list of, of things with Doc. But I mean, that point of like they're clicking at the right time with all, and I don't believe the stuff I've seen. I think it's pure leverage from Harden's team with the Houston stuff. But the fact that he is going to have the freedom to go where he wants, and granted, I think the Sixers can make a a compelling offer. Everyone involved is all in, and not say they weren't ever all in on winning before, but like if you don't win, things change this offseason. Doc's probably not there if you don't make the conference finals at least. Who knows if Harden sticks around? So from my point of view, I think Joel like he has for a lot of his career, has had to deal with all this stuff going on around him. So now at this point, he's just focusing on dominating every possession. And you can tell. I mean, it's, it's tangible out there. Yeah. Uh, I just want to uh, put numbers to what Embiid has done in the past nine games because it's incredible. It's 36 stupid, right. points, nine rebounds, four assists 
on 60% from the field, 43.5% from three and 86 from the floor, like from the free throw line. That is just otherworldly. You could put the, you could cut the field goal percentage by 10, the three point percentage by 10, and that would still be really efficient. And, and, and it, it's just nuts. And let's not forget the Sixers came out of the All-Star break with, I believe, a top five hardest, like, strength of schedule remaining it's not in the getting, They got Charlotte, it's not, but it's not going to get not getting easier. easier. Yeah, it's not getting easier, right? So it, it's doing it at the right time against the best competition. It's everything mm. into this narrative. And, like the and MVP, I just want to say – Oh, go ahead, Matt, go ahead. Uh, yeah, sorry. The, I, I want to just touch on the Embiid-Harden thing. The, the game that perfectly exemplified how well they play together was the comeback against Milwaukee ending their streak. Mm-hmm. And it also showed that they're a legit contender. Yeah. And and they've, they've stood on those kind of games, though, right? Like, didn't beat Boston, but played them to, to the absolute brink, right? Come back against Milwaukee. Like, you have your your continually beat the Cavs, a comeback win against the Cavs. Like, the most 15-point comeback wins in the league. Like, resilient team doing and winning, like, the, the right kind of games. And, and we'll get to the Sixers in a broad scope, but one of my last points on the MVP is it is a narrative award. And I and I I think we're fooling ourselves as sports consumers when we think the narrative isn't one of the, if not the biggest part of the MVP award. Abs- of course the story matters. Of course the story of the, of the season matters. The context of how you're doing as well as you're doing in the season matters. And I think mm-hmm. everyone's talking about like, oh, this is Jokic's biggest or best case to win MVP because of his team's record. Um, The Sixers are knocking on the door of the one seed all of a sudden. May not actually get it because of the strength of the They schedule. have a better record than the Nuggets. They have but a better record than the Nuggets. A better record than the Nuggets. And you're tied with the Celtics. If I would have told you a month ago that you were going to be deadlocked with the Celtics at the number two seed in the Eastern Conference, you'd have been like, ah, I don't know, man. That's the best team in the NBA over there. So yep. this Embiid is starting to make his best case too. But I don't think we're realizing that. We're talking about finishes in the MVP race when he's a third seed, a fourth seed, kind of burning out at the end of the season. He's hurt. He's banged up. Not this year. Yeah. We're, we're seeing a sprint to the finish line where he's playing the best basketball not of the season, maybe of his career, and his team is in one of the best standings at this point in the season that they've ever been. That's, yeah. that's also his best. Yeah, yeah but as too, Josh said, they always move the goalposts, and that's they what's do. frustrating. But, Here's but Zach this, Lowe. Year, this year, they look like they're they're moving it towards Embiid. The uh, ringer, I, I, the ringer is the only one moving it. To, if you're going to bring the ringer, yes. Yeah. They are moving it towards Jokic, and I don't know why. They're the only ones. Yeah. The, 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 the stuff that Michael Pena has wrote is it's like, like fancy. It's it bizarre. Crazy. But this is just a Zach Lowe quote about the MVP race of 2019, about why he voted Giannis over Harden said, Giannis is not quite the scorer as Harden or the passer. He's unguardable, but the gap on offense is not big enough to trump the gap on defense. How do you not apply that same logic? And you have to erase scoring as well, because Embiid's a much better scorer than Jokic. That same logic to the gap on offense, because I do think Jokic is the best offensive player in the NBA, but the gap on offense, Embiid's like second or third. So And like with defenders, like Embiid's a top five, top 10 at worst defender Jokic is at best average and that's being very Jokic nice. don't make a chart there's not a there's not a, a measurable chart for Jokic on defense and well, like, I, 
My brother said something about, uh, just barely said something about Jokic on defense. He said, uh, watching the game last night with Joel playing defense with five fouls reminded him of how Jokic plays defense at all times. <laughs> all and, times, and, yeah. And, and, but Embiid still with five. Now, there were a couple of times where he bear hugged Mobley where he gave him a foul, which at the end of the game, I bet he wished that he didn't. But even yeah. still with five fouls, he meeting people at the rim, he boxing out, he playing physical. Like, it, it's nuts, the difference. And you guys know very well this year and last year how neurotic I can get with the advanced stats because people love to show like I was I had a pretty nasty interaction which now I regret uh online but no, of someone hilarious. who put forth a a list and you know it's like their their MVP list and the last six categories are Vorp, LeBron, Raptor. I'm like if you like I don't know if they know how disqualifying that is to people who like actually watch and care about basketball to wave yeah. that around like it matters as some catch-all stat. Like and then so I try and bring up uh, points per play allowed against individual actions, which is a it's something in the NBA tracking stats. When you're guarding specific actions, how many points per play do you allow? In isolation, Nikola Jokic is in the 11th percentile points per play allowed, meaning. About 90% of the league is better than him at guarding someone when they are one-on-one. I don't understand how that is not more disqualifying. Like, if you were to inverse his skill set, he'd be Rudy Gobert. He'd be worse than Rudy Gobert. And he's a center where it's the most important position to be a good defender. uh, The center in the league who is good on defense and 10th percentile on offense, I'm not – name me that center in the NBA. Because Rudy Gobert is not even like I right. He's not even. You wouldn't make the team percent. if he yeah. wasn't. If he wasn't thing. averaging a triple double and like he's just a regular like Jakob Pertle like solid that center, be, they wouldn't play him. He'd be right Enos Cantor. He'd be yeah. Enos Cantor. There it is. That's a, there it is. That's, there it is. that's the that's perfect. There it is. And and so Jake, when you bring up those stats that don't matter, that's what makes me so mad about. We're not bringing up stats that don't matter to to say that a role player deserves twenty minutes over fifteen minutes. We're bringing this up. For the most valuable player, like you're 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 coming to an argument of the MVP with kicked balls and 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 contested shots and box outs. Like, are you like that's that's where I'm saying like you're losing me in that argument right there. Because when I go to Embiid's case, I'm going to the most important stats. I'm going yeah. to points, rebounds, blocks. So I'm going and, to those stats. And like, hold on, give okay, me one second. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think like you know he doesn't need that. He's yeah. a two-time MVP. If this year he was the fifth, sixth best player in the league, that's okay. That you don't and, you don't have to force him to be the number one player in the league by giving me kickballs and contested shots and box outs as to why he should be the MVP. The Are fact, you me? The fact yeah. that Jokic is leading the NBA in defensive box plus minus shows yeah. that we need to throw it out. And yeah. the guy and the guy who invented defensive box plus minus basically said, "Yeah, there's some big flaws in the system because it's still." factors in your offensive game as well and in general Jokic's box plus minus is wildly inflated because the Nuggets just do full recycle lineups just the way Malone runs the team Mm -hmm. where the entire bench goes in and the entire starting lineup goes in and like when there is a player to play with the bench it's Jamal Murray and not Jokic Jokic doesn't have a minute played this year with a majority bench lineup Wow, that's wild to me. That's in, that's insane. And, and so those, that's your MVP. You, you have that's to understand, MVP. and like that's why he has this astronomical lead in these box plus minus stats. Because when you watch basketball, and you all, if you were to take those stats at face value, you'd say 
the gap between Jokic and Embiid is the same gap between Embiid and Tobias Harris because that's how big the number gap is. Mm. And if you're if you're not the dumbest person in the world, you go, <laughs> oh, there's a problem with the stat. Yeah, 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 yep. And that's 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 what you gotta. That's what we do at Straight Facts, Josh. Like we gotta. You know what I mean? They gotta lead to something. And if they're leading mm-hmm. us to it, I'm wrong freaking stat Matt, and like yeah. I love advanced stats. And I've like the center position has been wildly overvalued. I went through win shares for forty eight. Just seventeen of the top thirty four are centers. Aaron Fox is fifty first in the be. NBA, and he's not even a top ten point guard. And it's just like, oh, this stat is like broken, and we need yeah, to fix some, it. There's something wrong with it. And, right? and it's and it's like, nope, it can't be because. We love advanced stats, and NBA writers know the best, and it says Jokic, so we vote Jokic. It's like this just, like, bizarre, like, like you said earlier, Jake, groupthink. Yeah, I got I got one more thing before we move on, if you're cool with Go that. ahead. Go ahead. So, I, don't, I don't know if you guys saw it. Nick Wright is one of those hot take guys. He's hit and miss mm-hmm. with me. However, he's been on this Embiid propaganda lately, which I'm a big fan of. And, Matt, to your point, he said something the other day of uh box plus minus where he went through it and said if you look at Jokic's if you just look at that advanced stat Jokic is not only leading the entire league uh by not even a close margin by a full point you look at last season he's beating Giannis and all time it puts him fifth for BPM so he's like that stat alone right there should disqualify it to your point man absolutely we should not look at this anymore and then he ends up talking about, let's look at a real stat, and that's points per game. He ends up talking about Embiid and everything like that. But last night watching it, and I'm so glad Doris Burke, you you gave her a shout-out. I love Doris nope. Burke. Nope. She gave a shout-out to Embiid and said, if you do not watch the game, if you only look at the box score, you will miss how Embiid just affected this entire possession on defense. If you guys remember this play, he literally – Affected three different attempts. They they Quick decided spin not around to and got the block in the back. Yep, yeah, spin yeah, around, yeah. got a block. Ends up getting that block on Mobley, but before that, just protects the rim and just by him being there, just his presence alone, uh, stopped multiple shots. It's like if you do not watch the game, you don't pick up on that. So when you said earlier that you guys are eye test people, but you also back it up with stats that matter, that's the exact thing that I thought of. Mike, well, that's yeah, perfect for sure. At- just to quickly follow up, oh, there. no, no, you're good, you're good. Uh, I think I know what point you're about to make, but go well, it's ahead. It's funny because we, there, there was a bit go for a while that we would go on with about how basically Jokic's biggest proponents yeah. are East Coast yeah. writers who go to sleep when the yeah. when the ten o'clock game comes on and they pop it up like, oh, Jokic had sixty points against uh, the Spurs, who have yeah. ten wins. And then the highlights show him all his all his nice dimes and his full court passes. And yeah, and but he likes to watch the game. I do want to touch on something that I think Josh you mentioned earlier. And granted, I don't totally agree with it. Um, my guy Kendrick Perkins had some inflammatory stuff to say. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you know what? Like, here's the thing: to allege that there may be some implicit bias. Uh, towards white people or against African-Americans in America is not that big of a limb to step out on. Yeah. But um, I think like deeper what Perk means and, and what Perk is getting at, and I think where the voter fatigue falls away is the fact that when you look at Nash, when you look at Jokic, these are two guys who should not, like based on body type and what we know about a guy who looks like Steve Nash or a guy who looks like Jokic, like really shouldn't be throwing the ball behind their back and averaging tennis and, and dominating the NBA. So I think a lot of it comes from 
shock the, value. <laughs> for us, if you want to call it shock value, but I, the reason I think the narrative has shifted to bring it all the way back is because of that all-time great list. Is yeah. is Jokic up there with Wilt, with Bill Russell, with Larry Bird? No, he is not. And that's the end. That that is the end of it for me. Um, but yeah, Perk Perk's wild for that one. But mm. you I'm have to up. have postseason success before you win your third MVP. That's been the history of yeah. of any of any third any player with uh, with two MVPs going to get their third. When they won their third MVP, every single one of them had made a finals appearance. Jokic made a conference finals, but let's be honest, he wasn't close to even making a finals. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. No. And you want to do the Embiid Jokic conference finals thing? Uh, Jokic's second best player got 40 points in game seven and Arsa and Embiid's second best player completely <laughs> quit on the game on the yep. entire sport. Yeah. Yep. Wouldn't dunk on Trey Young. Yeah. Uh, Matt can, can tell us this, the last three time, three straight MVP winner in NBA history. Who's that? Who's the it's, last uh, It's Larry Bird. Is Yo- can we put Jokic and Larry Bird air? Well, you know what Larry Bird had to do? You know Larry Bird had to do to get the third straight to stop voter fatigue? The Celtics had like the 86 Celtics are what a lot of people argue the greatest team of all time. Erroneous view, but like they have a they're in the case. They went 40 and one at home. They're like their offense was just like out of this world efficient and just and he was by far the best player, and it's like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And, like, you look at this Nuggets team and this Jokic season, and it's like, yeah, Jokic is, being, is having another great Jokic season, but there's standards for setting NBA historical feats, 
and you're staining the legacy of basketball if you if you like look back like in, oh, imagine looking back in like 20 years and it's like Jokic won three straight MVPs and never made it out of the second yeah. round in any of those And Embiid won none. And Embiid yeah. won zero. Would be yep. I'd have to really explain that to my kids and my grandkids of like the basketball record books are inaccurate. They are inaccurate. Yeah. That's his- Jokic was not the, the best player in the league three straight years. He just was not. I'm so glad you said that because that's how I view this. I'm like, if when my daughter, who is two right now, when she is older, looking back on the record books, when we're we're old, we're the old senile people, and she looks at it and is like, wait, Jokic won three straight? Like, that does not sit right with me. That Ooh. That's what bugs me so, so bad. Yeah. That'll, that'll, be a, that'll be a young lady. Sit down, let me tell you something about yep. a man named Joel Embiid. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what you're missing. Okay, sit yep. down right there. Four glass of milk because it's story time. Let me let me get out the, the good old laptop and, and then let's hope. On. And then let's hope it's not followed up by one of those. Okay, sure, Dad. Let's get you. Yeah, back yeah, yeah. Dad's yeah. <laughs> yeah. going crazy, but that I do say the funniest outcome that could happen is the Sixers beat the Nuggets in the finals, but Jokic wins the MVP. Like, like, because at the uh, awards, well, you, are you want like a Carl Malone. Pretty much everyone who got the MVP over Jordan. You want that to happen. Like, no, no, it would happen after, it would happen after like, the NBA finals. Like the show, make it really yeah, this, that this, would this actually one. be that'd be pretty sweet. Like everyone uh, would know it would be fraudulent, so it wouldn't even matter at that point. We had a we had a Jake, you remember we had this rant our very first year of straight facts. We had this rant of how it was the first year that they started announcing mm. the NBA after the season. And James Harden got it when we all thought Kawhi should have gotten it because it was crazy, uh, because of the finals run. And you know, we said, like, if it's after the season, we should take playoffs into consideration because that's the last thing we've seen. You can't tell me that James Harden was the MVP in 20, or, or at the time. You would look back mm-hmm. at me and say, but at the time, that finals run was so fresh in our minds. I was like, I can't think of a better player in the NBA than Kawhi right now because of the finals run he just led us on. And then you're going to tell me two weeks later, James Harden's the MVP of the league. It was actually Giannis that year, and Kawhi bodied Giannis in the conference finals. That's okay, okay. I knew it was a big reason. That's that's why. Um, But speaking of MVP narratives and everything, we got to move on to the second segment a little bit. Because when we talk about the the shifting of narratives for Jokic, there's some people that think that he's not only dropping the second, but he may be dropping the third and, and not, I won't say out of the race, but a distant candidate in this MVP race. So, Josh, do you see that anybody else in the league that's kind of either leapfrogging Jokic or now that Jokic is in second, he's got a different person in his rear view that he has to worry about as well? Yeah, it's Giannis, right? I, I think that that's – it's kind of the the three the three-man race here. Giannis is a – it's a compelling argument because it's another good one, right? This team's good. He's still dominating. He's showing up against really good teams, doing his thing. He's playing Giannis basketball, and that, that's what we know. Um, my absolute nightmare and fear, and honestly, if I were a betting man, which I am, I would put money on this happening as of now, Uh-oh. that that Embiid and Giannis are going to split votes, and Jokic Uh-oh. is going to end up winning it with the votes. Oh, I, that, no. sounds, that sounds right. No, yeah. that's oh, right. I, I no, actually think that would gonna, happen to y'all. No, that would I, happen to I think it's going to be like, oh, the NBA media rallies around Giannis with like the compromise yep. candidate. Yeah, like as, it's as like as a political right, convention right. and it's yeah, like a yeah. contested convention. Oh, let's go, uh, no one can like really argue about Giannis that much. Yeah. I got compromise. my Giannis propaganda hits in the arguments. He has an MVP, MVP guard. Yeah, sorry, he has an all-star guard and B doesn't. 
Yep. I don't care. Yeah, you, didn't get, you didn't, give, hard, you didn't give Harden the All Star. Sorry, yeah. you can't make that argument. Right. You snubbed right. Harden, so I get to make this argument. That's Drew Holiday got it in, in in spite of Harden. Like, yeah. you know, like that, that's Harden's no. spot that Drew Holiday got. Yeah, yeah, I know, but they did that, so I can make that. <laughs> so and yeah, also yeah. Embiid is scoring better on better efficiency, and defensively they're roughly the same. And Am I the only one who thinks that Jokic is third? Is it just me? Yeah. Jokic is third. Ah, uh, he's not there. You guys are, you got the rose-colored glasses Jake, on. No, no, Let me no, tell no, you. no, 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 in my no, mind, no, in my vote. Oh, uh, I thought you meant. In my, oh, no, in national narrative, in national oh, no, narrative, no, he no, might you still be second. You don't want to hear might... where I actually have Jokic. I don't, I don't even I... know where I do, but if I had to think about it, it's not where most people have him. Here's <laughs> the thing, Jake. In national media, he might be second, but like I said, Giannis is in that room. You know the meme of the guy from its, um, <laughs> it, it's rating, uh, Wait, which the the cop running up, on, the yeah. Right now. <laughs> well, it, it, you just I really think so. It's crazy because when we talk about like, and I think this happened with LeBron for years, where like his dominance and the amazing things he would do were kind of uh, diminished by the fact that he would always do them, like yeah. like year yeah, after you year. Desensitized to him, you get desensitized to him. You know, it's you look at Giannis's, and granted, points per game isn't everything, but career high in points per game, the team is. Currently, number one in the conference, and 20 of um, I mean, re- really, it's been not without struggle either. And granted, I put struggle in air quotes. It's been mo- mostly his jumpers faltered. He's taken a little bit less, and we'll see how that impacts during the playoffs. My strong take here is what I've learned from this past three-year run with MVP: the NBA needs expansion. There are way too many like great players who are at the same point in their career. Yeah. All across the league. And it's, I mean, the, the skill development is better. There's guys coming now from different parts of the world. Um, mm. There's guys skipping college. And I don't know, that's kind of off the cuff. But that's the one thing that I look around. There's enough talent to go around, man. A lot every, of great every, players. Every state, every state could have a team and have, have a decent Seattle player. In next year, those are my votes. No, I there think it's, go. I think Maybe it's Vegas. Down. I heard was, yeah. was going. That would make a lot of sense. It would make a Vegas, lot of sense. I think Vegas, Vegas and Seattle will be next. But well, to your point, to the, uh, it's a different discussion. It's like who goes to the East, but whatever. Memphis, guy, Jake, but whatever. Jake, to your point, uh, for sure. Uh, I'm 32 years old, so I take that with a grain of salt. But in my lifetime, I don't think there's ever been this much depth, this much talent in the NBA. Like you said, you can look up and down, especially in the Western Conference right now. You looking down those standings, it's like what in the world? Each team's got one or two guys absolutely balling. Um, which is awesome. It's amazing right. basketball to watch. But yes, to your point, I agree with you. I mean, every team's got a twenty. In two thousand five, right? Donovan yeah. Mitchell's like a top five player, and now he's like maybe top fifteen. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. wild. And, and, yeah. and drop seventy. Well, here's the thing: when I talk about the reason why I think Giannis is so close in his MVP race, and even second in my mind, is because this is an MVP race of all big men. Like yeah. I think. What, when you talk about moving the goalpost, right? This goalpost is now moving to a context of an all big man MVP race, which means the categories and the criteria for me change a little bit. And dominance comes into like so much more play because you're 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 battling your position. Like yeah. this is a position of dominance. And I'm not to say that you, what Jokic does isn't dominant, but rank the dominance in play right now. Yeah, it's like Embiid, Giannis. And then Jokic is, is like a couple tiers down, still, or a couple notches down, still in a top tier, still on an all NBA type level, but he's not dominating games like Embiid and Jokic are. His team isn't dominating their schedule like Embiid and Jokic's, uh, or Embiid and, and Giannis's teams are. Since, since James Harden came back, 
the Sixers have have the best record in basketball. And over the last 22, 23 games, the Milwaukee Bucks have had one of the most historic runs we've ever seen. That's yeah. dominant. In the last two weeks, the Denver Nuggets have spun their wheels in the mud and have lost to – they lost to the Magic. <laughs> they lost to the Spurs. I think the Spurs beat them. And they scored like 70 in the paint. If you watch that game and you didn't know basketball, you would think it's a rule that they have to like touch Jokic before scoring or something. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Okay. They beat, so, uh, it's okay. They, they beat Detroit tonight, so they're back. There you go. You're back on track. I'm no, like, no, I'm, I'm sad. Going, I'm I was like tracking this and there was tied going into the fourth. And I was like, ooh, that would, that would have been it. That, that would have been another. But then they, they completely outplayed him. In the another so. bullet in my chamber. If they would have lost to the Pistons, <laughs> that would have been the that would have been the kill shot right there. Don't lose to the Pistons right now while all this dominance is going out. Like Josh, am I am I wrong for saying that? Like that's the plane that I put it on now. Is you got to show me dominance because it's all big men in this race. There's no guards, yeah. no finesse in this race. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair argument. Um, like you said, when you think of dominance, like Giannis is there in every aspect of his game. Like he is a bully ball dominant player. That's what he does. And so I, I think your argument's very, very valid. And again, Jake, what you were saying, it is kind of funny because Jokic doesn't dominate in that sense, but in his own little ways, he does kind of dominate. And again, I'm not a, a Jokic fan by any means, but I just am trying to give this dude. I, I, what I've tried to do, this will sound really cheesy, but, but bear with me. When Kobe passed, it made me kind of self-reflect and be like, okay, I did not appreciate this dude while he mm. played. I started appreciating him his last season that he played, and then at his post-playing uh, career, I absolutely loved him. And so that awfully happening made me kind of be like, okay, I'm going to try not to do that with any more players. So I kind of try to take this lens of like, okay, let's see – what he does best and that said Jokic does what he does best I hate it I absolutely hate it I hate Nuggets fans that's 99% of the reason I don't like Jokic is because I'll put up some Embiid pro Embiid stat and all of a sudden my replies I'm getting dms like death threats and all this wild stuff but anyway I I, that's the outlook I'm trying to have however I do not put him to your point James I do not put him on the same tier as Giannis and Embiid on dominance. Well, and Josh, I appreciate the outlook on it. And I think it's very noble and I think it's very mature. And I wish I could, I wish I could have the same outlook. But then they gave a slow tubby center who I know. plays point guard <laughs> MVP back to back years. I know. And I was like, the hell with that. I Paul. actually the hell like, with morals. I've no. liked Jokic since Me too, the just not as the most valuable player. Yeah. Because I remember seeing him in Serbia, like this. What is this like six foot eleven guy why is passing the ball the like he's yeah, freaking Magic he, Johnson out of here? Why is and he out like? There? And it's just like, and then he gets acclaimed, like, and he's still a really funny, like, likable guy if you watch any of his stuff. And it's Great like, guy. why? It's if he was rated as he should be, like, as an elite player, but not on an yes. historically great yeah. run, which yes. is what his accolades well, are showing. Here's... Then, like, I, it would be... And it's, like, it's almost, like, if I was Jokic, I'd almost, like, not want to win the MVP. <laughs> I don't think he like, does. Uh, I don't think he cares, honestly. Like... I don't think he cares. No, I don't... I don't... He wants a ring now. He's won two yeah, of yeah. them. He's him him and Joel are in, like, super ring hunger mode. This is the one thing I'll say, and I think that we don't have great perspective on because we're blessed with the Sixers team that's out on the floor. When Jokic comes to play your team generally like if you're half more than half if you're two-thirds of the nba you're going with like a league average guy to go guard him and then when he's on defense he only has to guard a league average guy so he is going to like 
dominate that guy and look like he's Joel. But here's the difference. He can't stop someone like Joel. You're right. Uh, and Joel can stop him. So that, right. that's granted. I do like what they've been doing. It wasn't, it was mostly PJ Tucker doing a lot of the stopping when the two teams played. I think that's genius. Allows Joel to have some more freedom. Agreed. Um, just inter- interesting to take away. But if Doc cares about the narrative, I'm a, you know, a couple of possessions to end the quarter or to end the half, I'm going to put and beat on Jokic and, and say, put him in a dungeon. Just, just yep. show everybody this possession real quick. And then, and then go back to your other assignment, for yeah. sure. Um, all right, enough with the MVP conversation because I'm starting to get hot talking about all this Jokic <laughs> stuff. Let's talk about that team who's been among the best teams in the NBA since the All-Star break, the Philadelphia 76ers. We've talked about it a couple of times. Clicking on all cylinders, but we haven't really, like, broken down why. And, and to that point, Jake and Matt, we haven't even been – recording since they've hot hit like this turbo hot streak. So let, let's break it down for a second. We broke down in beads part, but Matt and Jake, I'll come to you. And then Josh, you could clean it up. Like besides Embiid, and I guess besides James Harden, but you can get into it a little bit. Like what, what do you think is the most impressive or has been the biggest reason that the Sixers have gone on such a great run to, to end the season or down the stretch of the season? Sorry, you asking me and Jake or Josh? Yeah, yeah, no, you you were Jake. You were Jake. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, I really think Maxi coming back from injury is underrated. Maxi's kind of struggled early in the season, and Maxi, like not using him correctly off the bench after he came back from the injury, he, he was very hot and cold. This most recent stretch where he's been a starter again, he's kind of found his form. If you look at like the games that they've lost, it's because Maxi's played poorly. Um, like the two losses to Boston, they're always three against Boston. I don't really count the first game because it was opening night, and opening night's a weird night for the NBA. Um, and but both of those games, Maxi really struggled. So I think getting Maxi back in his groove, um, mm-hmm. like he was against Cleveland, like he, like he's had, he's had a lot of games where he's like back to oh the twenty five per game, Maxi making the shots that he needs to. And I really think PJ Tucker is like, okay, I'm old, so I I don't play half the season. I don't try half the season. I try when we play big matchups. Oh, now we're footing, fighting for to get the two seed to get home court in the second round. Okay, where I got to turn it up. And PJ Tucker has been making those 50-50 plays that broke my heart when we played him in the playoffs oh, when he was oh, in Miami. Miami last year. And he's making those plays for us. And he's the 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 smallest ego of any, like, hothead of all time, <laughs> is what I would describe P.J. Tucker. And he just makes every 50-50 play that he's capable of. And he – all the amount of effort he puts in and he's showing is making me really encouraged for the playoffs. I think it's funny that winning cures all because in the beginning of the season, when, when there was a little bit of struggles, people would post P.J. Tucker's box score. And <laughs> he I would has, talk to all he has zero points a lot of games. He's 3.5 points per game. Yeah, I would tell a lot of Sixers, if you're, if you're going to come at me with P.J. Tucker's box score, you've missed Another the whole one. reason of why that yep. brother's here. Yep. He, hey, that brother ain't not here to put anything in the box score, man. Don't ever look at that and think, yep. like, this is how you justify P.J. Tucker being here. But, Jake. Give me, give me a reason besides the dominance of Embiid that the Sixers are doing what they're doing. I think it's the it's the maturity in real time of Therese Maxey. It's it's been incredible to watch him. Then like he obviously sent to the bench 
and then Ooh. brought back now as an important piece. And I know Matt, you mentioned it. Um, and I know Doc has made comments about I want to, you know, keep protect Tyrese's youth um, or something of the of that sort. Um, and I think it's interesting because Maxi, unlike a lot of players like him or his, his age, like you know, you look at Lamelo Ball who went at the top of that draft, and obviously he's dealt with injuries. But like if Lamelo goes off for thirty, great. If he doesn't, oh well. Well, maybe we get Wembenyami, and it's like if Maxi doesn't have a good game, it's the focal point of the sports talk shows for the next day. So, you know, he's incredibly mature for what he is at this point in his career. We know he's a hard worker, but I've been really impressed. It's tough to learn on the fly uh, in anything, but especially the NBA. Um, And it's going to be really important that he finds his stead going into the playoffs. And I think that Bucks game was big and, and going down the stretch. He's proved that he might have it in the bag here. I think the maturity is part of the reason Doc started him again. I think a lot of players in their second, third year get sent to the bench and think they're getting benched and they don't see the bigger picture of it all, don't realize I'm coming back for injury or start getting their head and be like, oh, what was me? I'm never going to start again. So it affects their play. They start to sulk. And then now, well, I'm definitely not going to play you now. I'm definitely not going to start you now because you're not playing well. I think Maxi just put his head down. You can kind of see it wasn't his – it wasn't what he liked. wasn't what he wanted. But it's like, hey – I'm on a championship team, and I got to realize that. So whatever I need to do for that championship team, get it done. And I think that was received so positively that Doc's like, okay, he's still scoring 20 a game. I may mm-hmm. I may have to get him back in the starting lineup now that people are starting to figure out the De'Anthony Melton of things in the starting lineup. And, and remember, I mean, he's basically been in trade rumors for two straight deadlines or an offseason mm-hmm. in a deadline. Uh, also, yeah. low-key, uh, uh, dark horse Award winner for this is Jalen McDaniels. Uh, great uh, addition. We needed a three that was not Tobias Harris, and I think he provides that. So uh, I, I've liked what I've seen out of him as there well. You go. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, 
Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Josh, give me something besides the process that is the reason the Sixers are doing what they're doing right now. Yeah, you guys nailed it. Uh, Jake and Matt, Maxi, I think far and away is the reason. Um, to your point, James, uh, Mac, what a weird day and age we live in. Uh, Maxi's podcast. I just love that players have all these different outlets. Yeah, it's crazy, and isn't it? It's crazy. And so to hear him even get on his podcast and say, did it hurt to get benched? Of course it hurt. But I had to check myself, realize what was going on. I'm like, what young dude in the league is is self-reflecting ca- like that? A Calipari coach dude. Because yeah, I, I yes. guarantee you what? You throw up a couple of dunks at Kentucky, you, you're going to be on the bench the next game. And you want yeah, to play your way you're... back in the start. Absolutely. <laughs> you got to play your way back in the starting lineup for sure. Yep. the Coach Kyle kid right there. You're exactly right. And obviously, we don't know what the conversations are like behind closed doors. But to hear Maxie just openly admit that on his podcast was pretty cool. Um, and to your guys' point, I think that's exactly why he got moved back into the starting lineup. Um, and it's been great. Matt, I had to touch on that, uh, what you said about P.J. Tucker. I, he is far and away my my guy with – uh, in regards Love to it. exactly what this team was missing. Um, I said it going in that it, everybody can make the jokes and everything like that, but this team needed, and Embiid said it after last season, we needed a dog. We needed somebody, somebody to go up and get, and it's going to happen in the playoffs. We all know it, that Embiid's going to get fouled hard. Somebody's going to come get up in his face and guess who's going to be the first person in. You know it's going to be a little six five PJ Tucker. Yep. Like imagine if Mike Scott was good. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Like a, a, a rebounding Mike Scott. Go figure. How about that? But that's exactly it. So, so Tucker is, it's far and away. You guys nailed it. I just thought it was hilarious at the beginning of the season when everybody's posting, he's not scoring. He's worthless. What a terrible signing. He's old. I'm like, you guys don't get it. You don't understand the season. Yep. The season's so long, obviously with our, with the minutes and the bench is going to get tightened up and shortened for the playoffs, which by the way, Look, I am not one. I am not a Doc Homer. I don't know if they exist. I am not a Doc Stan. I don't they know don't if they exist. exist. Maybe yeah. his own family isn't even fans of him. Who knows? That's not for me to say. However, he has done a pretty decent job over the last little bit. I will give him that. I will give him I his can props. tell you're not a Doc fan because he's done a really good job, Josh. And yeah. I know it. You don't want to say that because he could he could flip wow. it on its head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. All of a sudden, Paul Reed's not getting backup minutes and Dwayne yeah, Dedman is, and we're like, exactly. what the hell like, just what's, happened? What's going yeah. on? What's going on? But he he's done awesome, and it's been pretty cool to see. You can almost see the playoff rotation taking its shape, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what we've wanted. It's just as hilarious and so strange as for us Sixers fans to see this team win these games that we don't normally win to see these lineups roll out that don't normally get rolled out and to see this team playing like they don't normally play. It's like almost some fever dream of it all coming together at once with Embiid stepping up and moving up in the, the odds and the team just meshing and gelling together. I don't know, man, it's weird, but I have, I'm, I'm here for it. Yep. I, uh, at at the company, me and Jake work at an Odyssey. I do a a podcast with Elliot Shore Parks and Colin Lubeck, clap your hands Uh podcast. Yeah. yeah. Elliot, Elliot last night called it. He just said a special season and that, and it kind of just rolled off his tongue. He wasn't Mm -hmm. trying to do it, but he was like, it feels like, and that's all he said. He's like, it just feels like a special season. It just feels like we're doing something a little bit special. And I think that is, you know, kind of, kind of to your point and to the doc point, because people talk about these moves as if, like 
there's just some phantom hand playing chess and no one had to make these moves. Like Maxi going to the bench and Melton starting and Paul Reed getting more minutes and Trez going out the rotation. Like someone had to make those moves and not only someone, a guy who y'all not used to giving a lot of praise to, Doc Rivers in one season had to manage all his big three at yep. all at one point in the season missed a month, all of them. Like yep. he had to manage all of that. He had to he had to go through trades and shuffling of rosters and, and stuff like that. Like that that was big for Doc to have to pull off. But if I had to name one thing that I maybe it's not the biggest reason why the Sixers are or where they are doing what they do. But it is a to me a big proponent. And it is the others. It is the role players, not just the bench, because I include D'Anthony Melton in this, who mm-hmm. became, at, at, you know, at a certain stretch, one of the, the biggest pieces for the Sixers, but still was constituted in that bench and support role. But it's not just him. George Niang does the things that he's supposed to do. Shake Milton is finally yeah. a night-to-night producer. Not not a, you know, you, you get a flash in the pan, Shake. You get a night-to-night kind of production on Shake Milton out of Paul Reed. And this is a Sixers team when they were, you know, struggling to get over the hump of the three, four seed was working with one of the worst bench scoring unit units in the league. Good on defense, yep. but couldn't the role players couldn't score. It was outside of your big three or four scores. You weren't getting much production. That's not the case. George yep. Dang had a big three to end the third quarter last night to kind of get you all yep. going into the fourth quarter. Anthony Mellon, we all know the games he's been having. Shake had a good game last night. We know the production Paul Reed has been giving. Like these guys kind of coming in and holding down the fort while the big three were kind of getting their health and their lineups figured out. And now, as Josh, you said it greatly, the playoff lineup forms and they all kind of get into their roles happily and efficiently. Like those four that I named and, and kind of the whole combination of the others is like, and being and Harden and Max aren't doing what they're doing at this point of the season if those guys aren't. You know, picking up their end of the slack as well. I think it's I think it's huge and something you talk about things we haven't seen in the past. That's something we haven't seen in the past from Sixers teams, and it, and it's the reason that they are what the way they are. Agreed. No, perfectly said. I totally agree. For sure. For sure. Again, well, Josh, Doc's, Doc's ahead, final ahead. Doc's final like grade will be determined on whether he gets by Boston in the second round. Wow. That's why. That's it's that's honestly no matter what how they could be. They could win out if they lose to Boston in the second round. It doesn't matter. And if, like, that's why I'm just withholding praise. Fair. We do have to to get past the second round. I completely (laughs) 100% agree. Completely fair. It's like people didn't realize how bad Doc Rivers had been in the playoffs in his career until they realized every until they saw all the skeletons wow. in the closet. Until he, he, he hits you off on a couple different franchises doing it. Yeah, like, oh, okay. and, you're, and you're like, wait a minute, like he's terrible. Like what? <laughs> like what is going on? That's crazy. All right, Josh. So to end up, we'll do this really quick, about five minutes or so. We'll look at kind of the top teams in the East and the top teams in the West and just tell me kind of which of these teams you think are going to have kind of the best end to the regular season, your, your biggest contender. So we look at the top of the East. We talked about them all a bunch. The, the Milwaukee Bucks at the number one seed, the Sixers and Celtics tied for that number two seed. And then for the, the Western Conference, you have the Nuggets at the one seed, the Sacramento Kings in the two seed, along with the Memphis Grizzlies uh, in that two and three seed. So top three in the East, Josh, top three in the West. Real quick, give me your biggest contender. I'll start in the West. I just think it is so wild because I think it's very realistic that if these Golden State LA teams 
sneak yeah. in and get first round matchups, those are very winnable first round matchups. And that I sucks because so I think the Kings are awesome. So, they are so, so sorry they for are the Kings. So fun to watch. So and I, I, you can almost see it that they're going to get paired up with a terrible first round matchup. That sucks. But uh, the and Lakers, then the, the Warriors, yeah. the Clippers, like hot, like oh, to be sorry. fair, that happened to the Suns a couple of years ago. Everyone was like, oh, feel bad, <laughs> really fun Suns team got the Lakers and LeBron Lakers. first yeah. round. And the Suns right. went on to the finals. So. Five, You're right. Five. Very good. You're very right. Play. That 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 could happen. Um, I just looking at the Kings team, like they <laughs> clearly they don't have any experience. No, about Chris Paul and Devin Booker. They got no, here. no. Kevin However, Kevin. I love them. They're awesome. The Grizzlies, just such a the jaw situation and all the injuries. Yeah. They just had the perfect storm that all hit, happened at once, yeah. um, which is brutal. So who knows? I think that's a huge question mark. When they're clicking, they're clicking. Um, and then the Nuggets, until they prove otherwise, I just don't see it. I don't see it. Um, so so, look- so your, your biggest contenders are those five, six, seven teams, the the Suns, the Warriors, the Lakers. You still see one of those teams climbing above kind of the new age of the West right now. Because that's what's yes. at the top, right? The new age yep. is at the top. The old school is at the bottom. But yep. if we learn we just anything ha- from P.J. Tucker, you might turn it on at the end of the season. man. <laughs> you, you might decide now it's time to go. You're right. I just looking at that Suns team, man. And it it just, when KD comes back, we haven't even seen what that can be. And it just, I I don't know. They're they're my favorite in the West. And it's funny that they're falling right there in that, and uh, not the top, but they're just right there. So that, that hanging in the five seed. Yeah. If KD comes back, I think it's the Suns. When I look at who I like to pick for like contenders, I look at road record. Mm-hmm. And the problem with the West is literally every single team in the Western Conference, except for the Kings, are yeah. 500 or worse on the road. Yeah, wow. it's and, wild. And so, like, are the Kings, I can't pick yet. As much as I, I'd like to be the guy who picks the Kings, I can't do it. I got to pick Phoenix just mm-hmm. because they've been there before. They have Durant. And all, like, they they went through, they went through their negative phase of the season early. Yeah. And it seems like they got over it, and I don't trust anyone above them. I, I, I think the the funny thing, writing up the script again, I was like, you know, these are probably the only three teams I think don't have a shot to win the yeah. NBA title. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I, I actually, obviously, if Memphis with Jaw, I think they're they're as strong as anyone. Those top two teams are going to be very interesting because they will be Denver and. Uh, Sacramento will be very make or miss. Those are guys who like to get their shots up. Um, that's the strength of, of Jokic passing the ball around is that whoever gets it is putting that yeah. shot up. Um, yeah. So, you know, we, we've seen teams like that go far. Obviously, in the early stages of the Warriors, people are like, they're a make <coughs> or miss, live, live by the three, die by the three. Well, mm-hmm. when you're really good at hitting it, it might just not matter. So those are the strengths for those two teams. Uh, I just want to make an argument for Denver. They have the best home court advantage because of the altitude. Wow, and they have the best, and, it, and they're going to be the ones. Hasn't worked for them since. Hasn't worked for them. No, yet. but they haven't. They haven't, they haven't, they haven't, they haven't had home court. They haven't had home court really. Right, home court throughout. They've had home court in series, but now you're right. Not home. Not home court throughout. Attention, all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, When I look at the West, and, and I am a, Josh, I'm a, I'm a I'll say I'm a pseudo Suns fan because I'm a, I'm a big Chris Paul fan. I follow Chris Paul around the league. So I've been through five, six different franchises all around the country. Now we're in Phoenix now. So Phoenix is who I root for. And what worries me about the Suns is that they're so close to having a matchup with the Clippers. I'm, I'm cool with the matchup with the Warriors, cool with a matchup with the Lakers, that Clippers matchup, this new look Clippers yeah. team is kind of revitalized, re- rejuvenated Clippers team. They're getting healthy at the right time. They're playing good at the right time. That worries me. If we sneak into the four and they sneak into the five and we basically have a coin flip matchup with the Clippers, I'm a, that's what that's I'm afraid squad. of. That, that's yeah, a tough, tough first round matchup for the Suns to get. Um, so that, that's what, you know, that's the only thing that would give me big pause to, to continue to ride with them as my pick to come out the Western Conference because that, that's a, you're staring at a seven game first round matchup yeah. to even begin with, right? So you're right. You're right. That, that would be tough. And then in the Eastern Conference, I really think the Celtics are sliding out of this thing. Like I, I like last year. Do you remember how the Suns were playing last year at this time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How the Bucks and the Sixers are playing this year at this time? And the Celtics, if if they didn't have such a eight, nine, ten game lead in December of the Eastern Conference, they'd be like the three, four seed right now. But the only yeah. reason that they, that big margin has saved them for how they're sliding, they should be. You know where you know who's in the th- who's in the three four. Cleveland is right now. Like that's where the Celtics could have been if the race was tight this whole season. So when I look at the Eastern Conference, I really think this is the best shot that the Sixers have to come out the East, and it, it's Milwaukee or the Sixers to me right now um, to to come out the Eastern Conference. I'm not sure which one, and I might even save that for liberty of like making my two co-hosts really nervous of picking the Sixers <laughs> no, to come out the East. We get but, like the Milwaukee. Philly matchup, my take is that's the NBA Finals. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. And especially, like, if they end, like, one or two mm. in the East. 
I don't know why, if I go why there. Are you why are you well, groaning? because a fully healthy Suns team has the best talent in the league and has yeah. all the pieces, yes. in my opinion, to do it. Right so true. for right. that reason, I think you could meet them and that would be a fair finals. But yeah, in my opinion, like Milwaukee's the team to beat in the NBA as I see it. Uh, there's really no reason to think otherwise. They've it's, it's a lot of same song and dance we've seen the past couple of years, and they've been super, super tough. So I would say they have as good as chances of anyone. Obviously, as a Sixers fan, I will say I feel the best about this year compared to maybe like the past three years. I mean, obviously, yeah. I felt strong about the Trey Young or the uh, yeah. year they lost to Atlanta. The Trey Young year. Whatever. Trae Young hell, year. Hell of a way to phrase that. The Trey Young year. Yeah. I, you, that's called trauma, buddy. That's, <laughs> yeah. that that's called trauma. But we're almost we're at, we're at an hour on the dot, so this seems like a good spot to kind of wrap things up. So we're almost out of time for this episode of Straight Facts. As always, we can get some shots about the buzzer. Jake and Matt, do you want to take it out the buzzer so Josh has, an, uh, has a chance to kind of think of one? Because it always comes up quicker than you think. So, Jake uh, and Matt, what you got at the buzzer? Matt, do you have anything that's going to be, like, incredibly heavy and serious? Because I always no. feel dumb. Okay. I'll do something really so goofy. Sometimes he does hit us with, like, And then Matt will say like, something, and I'll be like, ah, I probably shouldn't talk to that. <laughs> yeah. So... I know that I'm crazy, but this is something that like makes me crazy. Today, I live in Maniunk. For those who don't live in the Philadelphia area or don't know, very hilly, very tight roads. Um, What do you call it Man Francisco? uh, Man Francisco, yeah. (laughs) Uh, If you've ever been to San Francisco, it's the same. It's like a 45-degree hill. Um, I cannot stand, call it, let it be the water you know people who work for the water uh whoever deals with water within the within the city uh the ppa basically anyone who i am paying taxes towards them if they're like causing me an inconvenience so this is all stemming from the water like i guess there's an issue with one of the water lines and my street is one way to get into i literally had to drive around for like 20 minutes to get to my house and i don't think i've ever been more frustrated (laughs) In my entire life, I've, I, you, you catch yourself saying, like, I'm the one paying these people. Ta- I'm like, I'm paying taxes for that. I'm like, whoa, what am I? I am going real, like, boomer right now. Good. So I had to check myself. But it does make me, that PPA and any sort of, like, when they just shut down your street and don't tell you. And it's like, oh, we're here. Gonna yeah. have to work around us. It's just we're taking crazy. up. We're taking up your whole street too. Like, like, which is necessary, by the way. By the way, your- necessary to upkeep our society, but still pisses me off. And <laughs> in the wee hours in the morning, when when no one's on the road and drive, you gonna do it now at five o'clock. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Open work. Come on. You know what you're doing. Like you know what you're doing. Will and your power around. Matt, you got something to say to the buzzer? Yeah. So I just moved to the city. Uh, I, but I still haven't really. My work has really screwed me. I'm working at three different stores five days a week. What? Um, because uh, they needed me to stay at kind of for some time, and then I'm working a day in Plymouth meeting, which is wild and then a day in philadelphia luckily that ends starting next week but the thing is since i'm only at my new um townhouse in point breeze like a couple days a week i still haven't gotten to have the discussion like hey i know we're guys here but every time i open the silverware drawer there's no forks (laughs) at all all. there's never any forks i know we're guys here but what's going on with the forks like like, i i can accept like i don't every single time i gotta go into the dishwasher and i gotta clan clean it myself like i can't wait till i'm fully moved in and i can have like a i i i don't want to be like the guy who like cleans up i'm a slop 
and this like message <laughs> to me. And oh, so no. uh, it's a, it, it's a, it's just something I gotta jump over the hurdle of. But so you're, you're also shedding... a positive living city. I never realized how many really cool murals there are. Oh yeah, murals yeah. yeah. arts oh, project oh, baby. Oh yeah, yeah. on a on a every side of every building. So you're you're sharing. You're in a you're in a shared like a it's shared a townhouse. House. Yeah. Okay, so my okay. luckily my floor mate's really cool. Um. But the guy who lives in the basement is kind of messy. He's a basement <laughs> dweller. He's the guy who doesn't clean the forks. Yeah, that's I'm tough. So basement dweller. There, there's nothing worse because that's the last thing you think of is the utensil. There's nothing worse than making a whole meal. Yeah. You're all scrumptious. You got the drink poured up. I turn the TV on. And you sit down and you're like, ah, need a fork. And you go up and get a fork and you open the drawer and there's nothing in there. Matt, I've been there. I get, nah, I get that, man. That's the best bad. part is the preamble of, look, we're all men here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get it. I understand. Let's, let's, let's try to clean up a little bit. Josh, after those scintillating sentiments, man, you got anything to say at the buzzer? Yeah, I got one thing. Um, right. It has nothing to do with silverware or my water uh, or you. construction around me, although those were both fantastic. The one thing that kept coming to mind while I was trying to think of something, the news dropped today that Nike is releasing Sabrina uh, Ian Askew's first sneaker. They're so shout out Sabrina. Too. And they are smooth. They're mm-hmm. clean kicks. Mm-hmm. And what I absolutely love, her quote said, we want to create a basketball shoe, period. Not a women's basketball shoe, not a men's basketball shoe, just a basketball shoe. As a quote-unquote girl dad, I think that is the coolest thing ever. I've been a huge fan of Sabrina's. She is very fun to watch. Uh, also, Caitlin Clark in Iowa's nasty side note. She's unbelievable. But Maddie just wanted Schieber to say – <laughs> <yeah. laughs> Just wanted to say, as a girl dad, I think it's very cool. I think Nike giving Sabrina her own kick is very cool, and it's awesome to see this wave of uh, – of giving girls their love, man. Girls mm-hmm. basketball is on the rise, and I, I think it's very. Put very a team in Philly. Yeah, they no kidding. No kidding. I heard someone say the Philadelphia Bells, and I was like, "Hello, there, we, we got awesome. it." Yeah, they, yeah. We, we got it. Um, no, Josh, I think that's. I never even thought about. I didn't know that. That's. I didn't know that she said that quote. I never heard that. So that's a, a really good sentiment. I think it's true. I think you do a disservice because guys, like when PG releases a shoe, he doesn't call it like. Like, there are women's PGs. Like, yeah. there are women's Kyrie's. There are women's LeBron. Like, when they release a shoe, they release a women's tie. They're releasing a basketball shoe. Yeah. So, like, Candace Parker and Natalie White came out with signature shoes, but they were specifically for just women basketball players. And I think mm-hmm. you just you just shrunk your audience right then yeah. and there. I'd love to buy me a pair of aces. But I don't got them in men's sizes. Like, I don't wear a woman's shoe. So, um, well, I think I think that's good. And, and them, them drones are clean. They got them in yeah. a nice, like – light colors in time for springtime too um the WNBA or the the liberties colors in general are tough so she's gonna get a lot of pe's off with those ones um so good on sabrina good on nike i I agree for my at the buzzer matt actually i just moved to the city too it's funny that we both just moved to the city and moving to the city there's a lot of inconveniences that you like you plan for like ah i know traffic's not gonna be the greatest I know parking is not going to be, you know, it's not going to be easy to find. It's it's the little inconveniences that re- that they really get you, yo. Like they they really get you. Like when the train was ten minutes late this mm. morning, and I'm just sitting in the subway for 10, 15 extra minutes, and they're like, you know, trains will be delayed an extra ten minutes. Or the only the only Dunkin' on my way to work is just randomly closed. Just the you know oh. the big X on the door closed. Sorry for the inconvenience. Like it, it's that kind of because no one in the city owes you an explanation. 
at my favorite muffin in Phoenix Village, <laughs> if they close randomly, they'll they'll call their their be in the newspaper. Like, they'll be in the newspaper. You will know that when and when they will come back, how long they're closed, all that. No one in the city owes you an explanation. Things just stop. Then, like you said, like people just show up on your block. Like things just happen, and it's those little inconveniences that I'm like. Like I used, I have to walk about five minutes to the to the subway to get to work, which is fine. My commute short. I've never had to walk five minutes to my transportation before. Like mm. I didn't think about that. I've always gone right out from my house to my car, my job to my car. It's a thirty second walk max, and that's when I'm walking slow. Here I'm like, yo, three songs have passed, and and the subway is still <laughs> two blocks away. Like what is going on? Like what? Like I should be at you. Maybe I should be in transit by now, not on foot. And you like, miss the hard winter too. Wait until it's like snowing no, caught, hard or raining hard. It just snowed two days ago, and oh, I, I guess that some, is true. The wind tunnels. There's know. no wind tunnels in the suburbs. Buildings aren't so close together. You turn one. You you're on one street, and it's just a light breeze. A you turn the corner, and oh my god, like <laughs> like like oh my god, I'm getting blown over. <laughs> like you know, it, it's nuts. So. I just had to say that, get off my chest, because when my dad and my mom call, I tell them everything's perfect, nothing's wrong, you know, I'm good, <laughs> I love the city, it's good, and then I hang up the phone and I start crying because something, you know, something's going on. Um, so those are the nuances. But Josh, before we get out of here, one more time, man, thank you so much for coming on Straight Facts. One more time, tell everyone where they can find you, what you're doing, what's going on with Josh Reynolds. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you guys having me on. This has been this was a lot of fun. I, I hop on great. podcasts a decent amount, and this I'm not just saying this was one of my favorite ones. This was a blast. we appreciate, awesome. we appreciate that. We appreciate that, man. We appreciate that. Of course, man. Hit me up on Twitter. That's where I'm most active at Josh Reynolds24. Uh, that's Ball Folks is the name of my podcast. Available wherever podcasts are. And uh, as I mentioned, this next week's episodes uh, hopefully hopefully going to be one of my favorite ones. So. Uh, Sharif Abdul Rahim. We chat about a lot of stuff, which is pretty sweet. So uh, check it out. Would love to have everybody listen. Awesome. Of course, man. Of course, man. Definitely and wish, in for that. Yes, for sure. For sure. Um, make sure you guys are, are following Josh and getting that podcast wherever you get your podcast. So shout out to Josh Reynolds. Uh, but that's all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. Also, shout out to everybody on the Up On Game Presents Network, LeVar Arrington, Plexiglaverse, TJ Hushmanzada. We appreciate what you guys do. A great platform. Make sure you're going and getting Up On Game Presents wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, this, that, and the third. They're everywhere. But also, shout out to my guys, Jake Galley and Stat Matt Robinson. I'm James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.